This is Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Follow on Twitter. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Credit like this. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. The greatest wrestling podcast of all time is what you're listening to right now, and that is Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. This is episode 488, and we thank you for listening to our online listening experience in podcast form. Or instead of for this week, we'll call it the greatest wrestling podcast of all time. My name is Chris. You can follow me on Twitter, Chris Sweendog. I'm also here with Brandon, who you can follow on Twitter at BTTG161. Brandon, how you doing? I'm doing awesome, as always. And yourself? I'm doing great. Dave will be here on later on the show, and you can follow him on Twitter at DaveTheRave underscore MO. Uh, collectively, Mark and I, you can follow us on social media platforms on Facebook, uh, Twitter.com slash out, Instagram, and YouTube.com are both out 11 uh, and you can buy our merchandise at prowrestlingtees.com slash marking out. Email us for sponsorships if you want to play some music on the show. If you just want to have a nice conversation or get your question on the show, we can do that for you. out one at gmail.com. Brandon, what is new and exciting this week? What's been going on in the kitchen? Where have you been going we are in phase two in new york so things are starting to be uplifted and you can do things and see people and whatnot yeah well still aside from doctors i'm not leaving until phase 19 so <laughs> but uh yeah this week i i cooked some some cool new things or not cool or new but uh i made pico de gallo on on monday night or monday just day not monday night yeah um and then taco tuesday I haven't had that forever, so I, I made some some dope tacos. Check it out on yeah. my Instagram. Nice. Uh, and then today I made um, chicken and broccoli and cauliflower, like uh, like the Chinese restaurant would. So it was pretty. It's pretty good. Nice. Awesome. First time making it. Uh, made mistakes, but that's fine. And you'll just get the recipe better from there. I didn't follow a recipe. Really? Yeah. I just, I saw a video and then used my brain to, uh, to think of how much, when, when I should pull my hand up from stop, from, from pouring stuff. And, uh, the, the only, I just feel like I always add too much ginger and I don't like ginger, but (laughs) I really do. I feel like that's always like the common mistake that I make, but Outside of that, it was it was still really good, and I, maybe I added too much cornstarch, but that's you know that's fine. Yeah, that so, happens. So what? It's a little thicker. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah. It's fine. But what about you? Uh it's been a hoot of a week. I could say that. Um, I saw my family for the first time, like my sisters and my nieces and stuff like that, for the first time. Uh, quarantine happened. You know, we stayed a nice socially distant happy birthday for both uh, my two nieces as they're born a day apart. So I got to see them this weekend. Um, this week, a lot of editing, a lot of post-production stuff going on here. I was out doing a couple of filming things here and there. Um, and I got to celebrate the eight-year anniversary of Brandon wanting to crush a Budweiser can over his head. 
as me and Rachel's anniversary was this Wednesday. So uh, we took in some food from our favorite restaurant. And was it we the had fried pit- chicken? Yes, it was the fried chicken. It was outstanding. Nice. Yeah, and have Trace Leches cake afterwards. I'm not a big fan of Trace Leches cake. Oh, my God. My pastry chef at the restaurant I used to work at used to make a coconut Trace Leches cake, and it was the best thing ever. Once she cleaned out a pan, she just let me take a spatula and just scrape out all the gooey, milky innards of it, and it was just amazing. Nice. That's the one thing I'm going to miss about that. Um, and that's that. Kind of you know, back to a sense of normalcy. It was cool to go to some stores that weren't open during phase one. And I'm really excited for everybody that gets to go back to, you know, go back to work, especially retail guys. I know uh, Anthony from the Friend Beers podcast, his uh, girlfriend got to reopen back up her salon studio. So if you're on Long Island, look up here as Ange on Instagram and try to get in there because I know she's uh, book solid for the next uh, month. Or it, year of her life. It's crazy, though, because, like, they're like, oh, everything's reopening. However, there are more cases. And it's like, wait a minute. Oh, you're going to see that. Yeah. It's weird but to see, said, like, people walking around. Like, they're not wearing masks or anything. And it's like, what, what, what's going on? This is... I'm still I'm still wearing my mask. Still going out and doing my thing. It's, um, it sucks. But... Like, my, I guess my mustache or nose hairs, like, make my, when I put on the mask, so uncomfortable. So when um, at the beginning of quarantine, when I first started having to wear a mask, I had like a big beard and it was just so frustrating. So I shaved my beard off and then it grew back and I keep shaving it off. So Yeah, it's difficult because it like pops up. It like goes in my eyes and stuff. So I didn't bobby yeah. pin it down the last two times, but I really kind of need to. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, but that's been that uh, over here. We got some cool stuff coming on the way to the house. Uh, for our anniversary, we got an outdoor projector oh, with the nice. blow with the blow up screen gimmick. Careful how you tie that down. Really? Yeah. Is that what sensitive? Why well, I would assume so. It's, it's blow up. Wind yeah. is wind. Yeah. All right. We'll just have to find a uh, good way to pin it down properly. So uh, excited about that. Maybe we'll do uh, a socially distant summer slam in the backyard. <laughs> since I could just kind of run cables out to the thing, which would be cool. Um, and that's that. So let's uh, start the show off at the. We'll start at the beginning of the alphabet, and that being A, and that being AEW, because on Wednesday they had AEW Dynamite from Daly's Place. You started off with um, one of my favorite matches of the night. Um, FTR gets their in ring debut and victory over Butcher and the Blade. And I was thinking about this. You know, like. like Last week when I said, oh, yeah, the tag team match with the tag team titles just seems like four guys that are on teams facing off against each other. This was tag team yeah. wrestling. It yeah. was like straight tag team wrestling to the fact that they were like cutting off the ring in half. They both both teams were, were utilizing the tag ropes and whatever count they had. It was outstanding. <laughs> it's the most I've ever seen a referee in AEW do something. Like, we've never seen them enforce the rules this many times in a match before. Yeah, and I thought it was great. You know, they both played off of each other's, you know, teammates, which was really cool. But And FTR gets the uh, the win after the what is now called the Good Night Express, formerly known as the Shatter Machine, and the Spike Piledriver. Yeah. Um, it's weird. Like, I don't think I'll ever get, like, used to calling them Cash and Dax. Okay. Like, it's, it's, I, it's, 
just Scott Dawson and Dash Wilder to me. It's weird. Yeah. Because you're an, you're an NXT mark. Well, not even that, though. It's just like it's difficult. Like, Moxley was Moxley before he was Ambrose. Brody yeah. Lee was Brody Lee before he was Harper. So, like, those Har- are interchangeable for me. Yeah. Okay. Dash and, and Dawson were Dash and Dawson from, from mainly the start. For us. I like uh, Jr. trying to get in some mentions about every time I die, which is cool. Yeah, Chris, Jer- Chris Jericho too. Yeah, Chris Jericho saying that Andy was the bass player, yeah. uh, which is incorrect. Unfortunately, he is the guitar player and a great guitar player that he is. Uh, but yeah, post match takes in turmoil as the Bucks come out to confront uh, to, intru- to introduce themselves. As the best tag team. I think it's an absolute joke for the Young Bucks to have said that they have been carrying tag team wrestling on their backs for the past 15 years by themselves. Yep. I agree. Butcher. What? Butcher and Blade. They were awesome. It's like, you see, like, this is the one thing that I've been noticing about the tag team division in AEW. Like, you have teams like Kenny Omega and Adam Page. You have teams like QT Marshall and, and yeah. Dustin Rhodes. But then, like, you have these other teams that are, like, legitimate, cohesive tag teams. Like, hopefully FTR will bring this tag team division to where it is. Best friends are a legitimate, you know, cohesive tag team. Uh, the Butcher like, the Blade, uh, the Dark Order. We'll get to them in a little bit, which uh, was a Mark M. Over from me for the week. It's weird, um, I guess, because QT Marshall and, and Dustin Rhodes are are like number two in the rankings somehow yeah they have a title shot next week yeah against page you know omega which is like i I was blown away to hear that like like out of nowhere goldust went from almost retiring to to having a tag title shot it's it's so weird but this segment itself though like butcher attacks the young bucks which uh ftr makes the save and then sabian and havoc attack them Followed by uh, Omega and Paige coming out to to chase them off. And I, I know I texted you this, but I saw a blue check mark. I don't know which account it was, but they said that Kenny Omega and Adam Page were one of the best tag teams in wrestling history. Along mark, with the Young mark. Bucks and FTR. And it's like, what? I, I think Excalibur even also said it. And it's like, what a ridiculous statement. Adam Page and Kenny Omega, what have they done? Yeah. They're hardly tag team champions. I agree. I agree with you on this one. Um, But next up, you have, I don't like the back-to-back, like, tag team things, but Nia Jax, uh, Nia Jax, (laughs) Nyla Rose and Penelope Ford pick up the victory over the AEW Women's Champion, Hikaru Shida and Chris Statlander, um, who had a fan... Fantastic interview this week on AEW Unrestricted. If you took a listen to that, former I, I want to say thank God. What? Thank God, Chris Jericho putting Chris Statlander over as an alien. Yeah, I know. It's great. It's great. Live with the gimmick, brother. He's the only one. I think honestly, I don't. I don't think I watched the couple of times when it was Jericho and Shivani doing uh, commentary. But Chris Jericho is like the classic 80s heel color commentator and it's he's playing the role perfectly and yeah. it's it was so much fun. Yeah, he he's really good at that. Um Yeah. The goat. But yeah, I, I wonder I wonder if they got yelled at by Jericho. 
Like when when Jericho was talking to Hawkins and Ryder on his podcast, and they brought up Chris Statlander, and and Jericho was like, "Oh yeah," it's like selling it. Like we already discussed how he sold her on the podcast as being an alien. I wonder if he spoke to the locker room or anything because they were like as. During her entrance, they were kind of like selling it. Some were overselling it, obviously. But yeah. when she was doing the nose touches, everyone was like, as if Geeking they were. Out of her. Yeah, well, the, everyone was affected. Yes. Okay. Pineapple Pete, especially. Yeah, which was funny when Jericho goes, "Yeah, do that, knock him out." <laughs> I thought that was funny. But uh, as far as this match goes, I, I'm still like a big fan. I've said it many times of the team of Chris Statlander and Hikaru Shida. I think it was I think it was Statlander who said something. He goes, "Okay, can we mean Sheeta officially be a tag team now or what?" Yeah. Uh, going back to something I said before, but uh, Chris Statlander was on AEW Unrestricted this week. They had a nice in-depth uh, promo with her. Did you know she used to be a stunt woman or trained to be not, a stunt woman? No. Yeah, she was talking about how she went to school for being a stunt person and then had to retrain herself to take like bumps and stuff like that because it's different in movies than it is on in the wrestling ring, rightfully so. Uh, but it's yeah, crazy. Like, isn't she like super young? Yeah, she's super duper young. She's been wrestling since 2016. Yeah, I didn't yeah. like in this match uh, Kip Sabian grabbing Hikaru Shida's leg in front of the referee. Yeah, but that's his role, especially maybe out Penelope before try to be the Weasley guy to 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 help out. So yeah, and I also hey. disliked Penelope Ford getting the win over Hikaru Shida. I feel like that team should have picked up the victory, but. Maybe uh, Penelope Ford will be the next contender. Yeah, for sure. For After sure. this, also Penelope Ford uh, hit that like suplex DDT thing, which was really cool. Yeah. Uh, but after this, they had a Darby Allen still not cleared to compete uh, video package, I guess you would say, and Tony I, Hawk I, was in it. Yeah, I'm. I'm about it. I didn't get the point of it, but I, I wonder if like. Darby Allen is could somehow make his way into the remastered Tony version. Hawk Pro Skater. Oh my god! Yeah. Speaking of that, did you see what the PlayStation Five? Mm-hmm. It looks like my router. Yeah, I saw somebody post say like, "Oh, we already have PS Five in our house," and it was that with two <laughs> envelopes on it, on either end. Oh yeah, I saw that one too. But it's like good. I don't I don't understand. I don't get why anybody would want a a discless uh, system. That's the way things go these days. But it's like, don't you see, don't you watch DVDs and stuff? Like, yeah, there's no, there's I, two I different versions services. of the PS5, one with a disc drive and one without. And oh, I have no idea. Yeah, that's like I see. And what's good, I guess, about uh, 2K22. Yeah, 2K22 is that uh, if that even comes out, it'll definitely be on playstation 4 and probably won't be on playstation 5 yet so i don't have to worry about playstation 5 until 2k 24 2k 23 yeah i don't know switch is still the switch is still the best system i that's i never played a switch but i can't see how that's even a thing oh it's the best (laughs) it's so much fun anyway let's continue on professional wrestling um, next up after this, you had trios action, which they call trios action, which I really enjoyed. Um, as the team of best friends in orange Cassidy took on inner circle, 
which went to a no contest because Orange Cassidy got juiced and he got hit with a bag of blood oranges, which I think this might be the first time that this has ever happened in professional wrestling. Don't quote me on it. Um, I don't know. I loved it. I thought it was great. Jericho I, being see, literal about it. See, you're wait. You you liked what the aftermath or the the match? I like the fact that he used a bag of oranges and beat okay. the heck out of him. Because the match itself, I was bored with. Okay. The aftermath, I enjoyed. I think it was more of this. It was more for the aftermath of it. What sucks is like I, I said this before. Trent has fallen. What do you mean? Like he was super over in Japan. In my eyes, at least. And he's just, like, completely, like, falling to the wayside. I know him and Chuck have a tag team title match coming up, but, like... Which they're they're putting on the line next week. He's lost so much steam to me. Uh, Yeah, but the tag titles titles aren't... aren't, uh, That's that's, uh, Dustin and, and Marshall next week. Yeah, but next week it's going to be La Sex Gods, Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara versus Best Friends, and their number one contendership is on the line. Oh, I thought Jericho was facing Orange Cassidy for some reason next no, that's week. Probably gonna, that's probably going to be a fighter fest. Oh. Yeah. Uh, next up, a match where they really kind of told the story that both of these guys needed a win. Uh, Sammy Guevara gets the win over Cole Cabana. I thought this match was outstanding. I thought it was a lot of fun. Um... And the bigger story was at the end of it. The entire Dark Order came out, uh, not just ten and five, <laughs> which um, is also very confusing. I texted you that last night. I have no idea how they got two people who were in Canada. Yeah, player, uh, player Uno, <laughs> player Uno, and Stu Grayson one and two are came back, and I marked oh. out. For- Okay, I, I didn't realize I, that's how it went. <laughs> Had Johnny and Alex are three and four. Yes, I, I don't know, know who I, number five is. I don't know is six, seven, eight, or nine. I know ten, but yes, not by a face. Yes. Um, no, five just debuted this week on, on Dark. Um, Dark, yes. Um, but I marked out really hard to see the whole assembly of the Dark Order and then Brody Lee walking out and everybody doing the hand signal. Yeah. And it, Cole Cabana, you know, confronts them in the back later on in the night and goes into the Dark Order's locker room. So, uh, could we see Cole Cabana becoming a member of the Dark Order and maybe doing the, you know, the the, the double turn into the heel and then back into a face? Or maybe not even back into a face. No, you got to have Cole Cabana at the capacity that he's at. I'm sorry. I'm but just a big Cole Cabana fan. On no. the other side of that uh, victory match for Sammy Guevara, Sammy... Puts himself over on the mic. Matt Hardy comes out. Sammy ends up calling Matt Hardy stupid. And Damascus shows up and said he's going to be deleting him. So I wonder. I know people were complaining that he just switches like that and they're not like fans, like, like super fans, I guess. Yeah. But I, I don't know. How, how do you feel about Matt Hardy switching so quickly like that? I'm fine with it. I think what they should do, though, is use the magic of production. So, like, you know, like, when Bray Wyatt would come out, they would show those, like, weird, creepy, you know, transitions, you could say. Right. So, like, if Matt Hardy's going to go from classic Matt to Matt version, you know, version one, you know, rather him just go, you know, be like Matt, and then cuts off, and then goes back in. Sorry, there's my light 
in my uh, I got I thought distracted. you were using audio effects. No, <laughs> um, but like if he switches into it, they show something on the screen, and then he switches into you know Matt version one or Damascus. Or I feel like people would hate Just that. Show even... the transition between the characters. I feel like people would hate that even more to, and they would uh, like tear it apart because like oh Bray Wyatt. I feel like that's yeah, what would happen. And no one can be positive about anything, and it's really frustrating. Uh, well, I could definitely be positive about the next thing that took place. Uh, Joey Janela had a video package air with wow, Sonny Kiss like, involved as well. I thought it was a really good video package. I like them. They used the well clip of, of Joey and Zandig in GCW. Yes. I thought it was cool. I, I thought it was great. I thought I think out of all the pro like those you know very cinematic style promos that AEW has done, this may be have my favorite one because yeah. it was just shot very well. You it, know, it the, reminded me of like a, a '50s like detective movie of sorts, kind of. Not that I've like ever seen any stuff of those. That Janella used to do on the indies. <laughs> yeah, before. It, it, yeah. I don't know if that's like if if the same person made it or not, but. Because the I last I thought he was no, still I, with WWE, but I don't know. I think he, I think that person is as well. Yeah. So, uh, but after that, John Moxley arrives to the arena super late, as per usual. Uh, interviewed about Brian Cage and Taz, and then Taz ends up getting into Moxley's face. And oh, uh, I'm in my dressing room over here. <laughs> I'm in my double wide, listening to you talk trash about me. And Cage. <laughs> Yeah, and then Brian Cage attacks him from behind. So I'm pumped uh, to see this. It sucks that you clearly like you. It's you clearly see that the AEW Championship is not any sort of main event anything right now. As much as people could say it is, it's clearly not. No, it's not. There's so many other big things going on right now. Um, but I'm excited for this match. Do I see Moxley retaining? I don't know. Would I do I want to see Moxley retain? Yes. Do I want to see Brian Cage win? I would like to see that too. I don't want to see you... Moxley retain. It, it was it's a waste of a championship right now. But so and here's here's one thing that I was thinking about while I was watching AEW. I was thinking about you, Brandon. Yeah. Oh my. Um, no. You know how you say there's no there was no storylines in AEW. There used to not be storylines. They're starting. And, 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 and they're said, starting to write storylines, at least. Well, that, that's what I'm thinking about. There, there's a lot of storylines on here, which I'm about. But I, but I, all this. But they're not like solid, solid storylines. I don't know. You know, excuse me, man. You were rats. just doing a Mike Tyson impression. <laughs> Mike Tyson. Yeah, there's that storyline going on right now between Jericho and what's his face. <laughs> What's Tyson. Uh, but the main event of Dynamite saw Cody defending successfully the TNT Championship, defeating Mark Quinn of Private Party. Playing the story here with his selling his knee and his ankle on here too. <sighs> yeah, I okay. See, like that sort of thing I liked because it eventually led to the end of the match where he had uh, the, the ankle lock and whatever. I don't know what to call the actual move that Cody made him tap to. Um, into an Indian deathlock. That's what I thought it was, but it looked kind of yeah. different. So, but there were parts of this match that came off very rehearsed and sloppy to me. Okay. As much as I hate saying that, all right. And I think critical wrestling fan Brandon. No, but I think 
Yes. I, I think it's like the whole Cody Rhodes saying like he's like he's trying to sell himself as the workhorse of the company or whatever. Meanwhile, there are people who are still on the show every week as well. Just because you they had the the, the, the video package beforehand where he's putting himself over like, oh, I'm going to have a match every week for the title. I, I could bleed every week. I could do this every week. And it's like they're trying to sell him as if like, as if it's like he's more vulnerable than anybody else. Okay. If that makes sense. But I'm just, yeah. I'm not buying that. But I am glad that he didn't have pyro after he won. Yeah, well, after he won, Jake uh, Hager comes out. Looks like he's going to be the uh, next person. And it just ends with a big old shakedown. As Jake Hager goes after Arn Anderson. He goes after Cody Rhodes. Private Party Matt Hardy come out. Inner Circle comes out. So, uh, next at Fighter Fest, it's going to be Jake Hager versus Cody. Two things. The title. It To me, does it kind of seem like Matt Hardy might be playing a Michael Hayes role for Private Party here? Maybe. Like it kind of like I don't know do. why because like we had the, the the backstage or the the bar area promo with Matt Hardy going up to like put them over and stuff and say oh you remind us remind me of a young Hardy Boys, and then here he comes out with Private Party. And like kind of directs them. I don't think he did. He have a chair. I feel like uh, it was just Private Party that had a chair. No, so he not Matt Hardy. Did he? No, he didn't. So to me, that kind of seemed more like managerial than anything. But the whole uh, private party, Matt Hardy and Cody Rhodes brawling with uh, the inner circle. The only thing that comes to mind here, could it, could we possibly be seeing blood and guts soon? No. You don't think so? No, I don't think so. Because it's like such they're a not weird... gonna, They're not going to do that until they can have a full... As or half capacity crowd, but is it not the weirdest thing to have those four team up? No, I mean I, I could see them teaming up, but I think there's other things that are going to be going on other than another blood and guts or another you know trying to get blood and guts. Huh. Huh. Well, yeah, so, that was AEW Dynamite. Moving on to NXT Takeover in your house, and the uh, fact no. that it was called in your house, and they went hard yeah, on the nostalgia, time. the commercials, Todd freaking Pettengale, you yeah. know the the stage itself, and we're, we're both big marks for scenery and stuff like that. Within you know. Remember, like, every pay-per-view used to have, like, a different stage setup, yeah. and then they just went to the same one. This one, they spared no expense. They and, brought back the old-school in-your-house gimmick. And, it and great. Seeing, seeing this gives me hope for something like NXT TakeOver Halloween Havoc or something. <laughs> I think that would be super cool, but, but like, yeah, like you mentioned, they had, like, the, uh, the WWE Ice Cream parody, I guess, commercial. Rick Bugenhagen stealing the show. They had the Ico Pro Adam Cole uh, doing the Bret Hart Ico Pro, Pro commercial. They had the. So I'm really upset that like Ico Pro shirts weren't <laughs> officially on sale right after that. But you can get them at ProWrestlingTees.com. Barbershop window. Um, get them. Yeah, they also had the 1900 merch tees, yep. which I thought was funny. We're talking. Wait a minute. 900 numbers don't exist anymore. 
And then right. uh, obviously the AOL chat room, which is funny. Yeah, it's really funny. But Code Orange opens up the show with a performance. You had to have been marking out left and right for that. I was geeking out real hard about it, and then it was all lip synced. And then oh, I guess really? kind of got me a little. Dude, of course. Like... I didn't realize that. I, I oh, couldn't yeah. tell. I don't know. And I'm normally really good at, at seeing stuff like that. Oh, that was so lip synced. Huh. Yeah, it was kind of depressing. But, I mean, it was good to see them and their bass player just walking around making, you know, ski, <laughs> Everyone ski was comparing uh, one of them to Brock Lesnar. Well, there was a picture There's a picture surfacing of Triple H and the bass player making the same face. I thought the uh, – is it the bass player that people are saying looks like Brock? Yes. I thought he looks more like Heidenreich than anything. I could see that. I could see Heidenreich also. Yeah. But the yeah, first match – Good to see Code Orange. What was that? Good to see Code Orange. Yeah, and you could buy their uh, Code Orange NXT official T-shirt on WWE Shop. It was supposed to only be for 24 hours, but they extended it. Because it probably didn't sell. That's right. But the first match of the evening saw Shotzi Blackheart, Tegan Knox, and Mia Yim defeat Candice LeRae, Dakota Kai, and Raquel Gonzalez. I thought this was a really good opening match. I thought it was everybody got their stuff in, and you had Tegan Knox pin Dakota Kai. But you have to end this feud soon, and it has to be a huge blow-off match. Um, and then kind of get them get them away from each other for a little bit. Um, but like I said, uh, the, the, probably last week, this women's division in NXT is so solid. Oh, I know. And, and WWE has the best women's division in all of pro wrestling right now. There's no way you can dispute that. Because they have depth. That's the thing. Um, I mean, I all women's divisions are great. I'm not going to... You know, yeah, because but now we, on, the with the impact, the and the, the, uh, AEW does not have a good women's division. I think they have a decent. I mean, they have a, de- mm. they have a good. Women, I think they have a decent division. NXT is the best. Impact has an outstanding women's division. Yeah, knockout division. Just you, made her debut. Yeah, De- yeah, Deanna Peraza just made her debut. You have Ty Valkyrie, who's by at, the way. Those rumors what? that Vince Russo might have been uh, working since March for them still, or not still. Again. Oh yeah, bro. I wonder yeah. if he is. Apparently nobody can confirm it. Should we yeah, just DM? Maybe maybe they're all sworn in secrecy. I I don't know. I mean, I I wish I could watch Impact. I know it's on Twitch, but we had Sling for like three months, so Rachel can watch uh, Better Call Saul live, and she canceled. It and I was like, oh man, I can't watch Impact anymore. I've been like, I I tweet every so often to AXS and uh, and Optimum Cablevision or whatever. Yeah, just give us the damn channel. Matchup next saw Finn Balor defeat Damian Priest. I completely goofed. I think I picked Damian Priest to win this. Finn Balor now has the most wins in TakeOver history. I believe he's at 11 wins. Oh, really? But like 16 TakeOvers. Probably. Yeah. Uh, But Finn Balor right off the bat attacked Damian Priest, which I thought was was good. And this was overall another really good match. I liked when Priest went for the, the razor's edge from the apron onto the ring steps when Balor escaped and drop kicked him off onto the steps. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that was a good match. I don't know. I guess we won't be seeing more of it. No, I think that was that that's it. Let these guys kind of separate, do their own thing. Matchup next we saw for the North American Championship, Keith Lee, the champion, successfully retaining the title over Johnny Gargano. 
So this is my first time, I think, watching NXT since they put the hockey gimmicks in. Yeah. The plexiglass. Which is Real so strange. stupid. It doesn't make Real sense. Strange. Real strange. It makes no sense. And like, but like, I, I get like the, and, and yeah, this but everybody's still, to... everybody's all around you. So I don't know what they're like preventing with the, with the guards. Well, I guess once fans are able to come back in full sale, right? So they film NXT at full sale and then they film Ron Smackdown at the performance, the performance center. That's so, why wouldn't they just do all three shows in the same place? I guess more production can go into full sale. True. Like you um, don't have to but, switch it every every uh, three times a week, I guess. Yeah, but once they have pay, paying fans in both those places, that's when those hockey, you know, barricade the the plexiglass is going to come into play because they're not going to want their performers, you know, interacting with fans and stuff like that. Just to if somebody is asymptomatic and goes in there, I, I would be very annoyed. If I went to a wrestling show and had to sit behind glass like that, no, I bet you. But you'd be fine with it with a hockey game. Uh, well, it depends how close I am, I guess. Anyway, uh, great match between Keith Lee and Johnny Gargano. Where does Johnny Gargano go from here? Is the question. Wait, and before we it? even speak about that, though, his entrance. Yeah. He came from inside the house, salutes a picture of Doc Hendricks, who Triple H apparently tried to get Hayes to shave his head or whatever, cut his hair. <laughs> I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. <laughs> but, uh, and then I like the usage of the, the doorbell camera. Well, that was a spot from a, a, yeah, in your Yeah, which Shawn Michaels did that. Yes. Although so I have used to it also... And they modernized it. I do have to complain about the spot, though, because of course the referee. Do, you're no, 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 because the referee was not counting. It took the know. referee like a maybe a fifteen count before he started his one. But maybe he should. so yeah, in the match, Keith Lee, I liked uh, pouncing Gargano through the hockey board. Yeah, uh, Candice just... and Mia Yim got involved, and. And Johnny Gargano again using that key that we saw last week. Yeah, but Keith but Lee. But like, if he was going to use the key, they should have used the key and then hit whatever finisher he's going to hit instead of using the key. And then Keith Lee comes back. It, it, I know we're about suspending your disbelief, but like, if you got jammed in an eye by a key, you think you just come right back and you know? Yeah, uh, but fight? he he like he like hulked the hell out. He he hit the spirit bomb followed by a power bomb into the Big Bang catastrophe. Yeah. Okay. I but I, I I feel like if, if Johnny Gargano was going to use the key, he should use the key and won. If he wasn't going to use the key, if he was going to use the key, he should have like tried to go for it and Keith Lee moved out of the way. You know, but that's just me. Uh, anyway, let's move on. Adam Cole is still your NXT champion as he defeated the Velveteen Treen in a last chance back lot brawl. I know a lot of people gave this match a little bit of flack. Um, but you're going to get one of these matches on every single big WWE event. You know, you're going to have backlash this weekend with the greatest wrestling match of all time. And I don't think think there's going to have some sort of, I don't know. I never, I didn't think that, but now that you say that, I don't know. You know, because everything, like, they hyped up Money in the Bank, the Money in the Bank match. That was their cinematic wrestling. They're hyping up the greatest wrestling match of all time. And you know that's going to be some sort of cinematic type 
wrestling match. I really didn't expect it to be that, but as far as the backlot brawl goes, it was, I think, there were a bunch of entertaining things in this, but there were also a bunch of things that it was just like, can we, like, move on already? Yeah. I know it was shot very dark, so people were, like, having a difficult time actually watching it. Um, but I thought it was from the, the start of it, obviously the only other backlot brawl that we've seen, I guess, would have been Roddy Piper and Goldust. Yeah. To my knowledge, at least. Um, and it was completely different. Obviously the first time they were parodying OJ Simpson at parts. Yes. Um, this though was like drive-in wrestling. It, it also, I think Morrow might've called it out. Reminiscent of Eddie Guerrero versus John Cena in the parking lot brawl because they were surrounded by the the cars with the lights on. Mm-hmm. I liked Velveteen Dream. I don't uh, watch Walking Dead. Don't care about Walking Dead, but I know who Negan is, and I thought it was cool to see him show up as Negan. I liked the Uber driver spot where they fought in the Uber. So, and then uh, Undisputed Era showing up. They blind. They blinded uh, Velveteen Dream when he was on top of the ladder. And Dream ends up uh, pushing Adam Cole through the car windshield. Yeah. Gets jumped by Undisputed Era. uh, And they shower the, the ring with chairs. Roddy went to get one. Gets pulled under the ring by Dexter Loomis. And then Loomis ends up taking Fish and 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 uh, Roderick Strong out, dumped them into his trunk, and left. Where and is then Adam Kyle Cole... O'Reilly? Say that again. Where's Kyle O'Reilly? I, I think he has um, diabetes or something, so he can't really be around people. I think, but I don't know. If, I don't know if that's legit or not. I know he was in the video package I, they does, aired on NXT. Have, he does have diabetes. So they did air that video package, though, last week that he was in. Mm-hmm. So I guess maybe because it was just like the four of them and the camera or whatever. But uh, Adam Cole was able to hit the Panama Sunrise on the pile of chairs to win the match. So I, I think it, it wasn't a great match. I think it could have been a lot better. Um, But I don't know. I, I don't know where, where you would take it differently. I guess I really wasn't expecting darkness like that. Yeah. All right. Matchup next, something perhaps maybe something you didn't expect either. Karrion Cross defeated Tommaso Ciampa in a very hard-hitting match. That was six really, minutes and 13 seconds. Which is unheard of for the most part for Ciampa. And not only that, Karrion Cross choked him out. To win. They're going to push Karrion Cross to the moon. And this was the first step of him getting over the, you know, the heart. One of the mainstays of NXT over the past couple of years. Yeah. So what better way to do it to push him than put him over to Master Champa? Right. Main event of the evening saw Io Shirai win the NXT Women's Championship, defeating Charlotte Flair and Rhea Ripley. But she pinned Rhea Ripley because they... Charlotte Flair couldn't get pinned because she's too precious. And you'll talk about that later when you talk about Raw. Um, but it was another hard-hitting match. I liked uh, probably the spot of the whole 
event, Io Shirai got on top of the house to hit a diving crossbody onto Flair and Ripley. Um, I liked Ripley hitting the riptide from the middle rope, but Io broke that pin up. And then eventually Charlotte Flair broke out a kendo stick. And you had Flair lock Rhea Ripley in the figure eight. Io hits a nasty moonsault onto Rhea Ripley's face. And picks up the victory. I was expecting fully for Charlotte to win this. So I don't know. Are you... I mean, you you haven't been really watching much no, wrestling. I so are, I know, what, are you, what are your I, I thoughts see, on her being champion? Uh, on Flair have being being champion. I mean, I get it. You know, they were trying to bring some people over to NXT with bringing Charlotte Flair in there, but now Charlotte Flair's on every single show. I mean, I think she's a fantastic performer, but I could see where people can get sick of her. They give they could give her the, you know, the quote unquote Roman right range treatment where she has to be on everything and get everything. So that could be a complete damper to a lot of people that are watching the product. I'm all about Io Shirai as a champion. I love that they gave her the pomp and circumstance afterwards with the streamers but and the Mara, confetti. Doesn't this remind you of Japan? Well, listen, she's a Japanese Japanese born wrestler. So absolutely making her accommodating to what she's used to when winning major titles in Japan. I'm fine with the ending, but just like to push it out there in the open like that is uh, to me a little much. But uh, in regards to Charlotte, they announced today, this week, that uh, that Bruce Pritchard is in charge of Raw and SmackDown. Paul Heyman's no longer in charge. He's going to be focusing on being an on-air persona instead of writing the show. But what is he going to do? But Brock Lesnar not being around. Is Brock Lesnar going to come back now? I don't. No, I, don't I don't. I don't want to see that. And I think the person, if you're pushing Charlotte Flair to the top of the top, I think her promos are garbage. She could use a mouthpiece. She could use a hype man. Who better than Paul Heyman? Yeah, I I agree. I agree on that. But hey, listen, you know. What do I know? I'm just a wrestling fan. I'm not a uh, you know established quote unquote wrestling journalist who blocks everybody and then uh, you know goes about their day. Um, but that's a story for a different podcast <laughs> and moving, a different YouTube channel. I, I don't even know who you're talking about. But moving on to NXT television, I know this is out of order a little bit, but we figure the 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 outcome of NXT, the the aftermath of Takeover, deserves to be after Takeover. Uh, Undisputed Era opening the show with Adam Cole speaking about his his championship reign being the longest champion in, in NXT history, saying nobody's going to be able to beat him for the title. He brings up Dexter Loomis, and they were doing like this mind games gimmick where only Roddy could see Dexter Loomis. Well, I, I thought I liked it. Well, I, yeah, I'm fine with stuff like that as well. Even backstage, they were trying to calm Strong down, and uh, and he again saw Dexter Loomis, I believe, which then had Keith Lee come over, cut them off, teasing a match maybe between uh, Roderick Strong and Keith Lee, perhaps, maybe. But the first match of the evening saw Johnny and Candice defeat Keith Lee and Mia Yim. I liked all the intergender wrestling that we saw in this match. 
I know it was kind of one-sided where it was like the women were only facing the men, kind of. But I liked the fact that we got intergender wrestling. Yeah, we did. Big step in the, in the uh, WWE realm. Um, yeah. Keith Lee pounced Johnny Gargano into Candice LeRae, who ends up knocking Mia Yim off the apron. And then the big ending, Johnny hits that DDT to Keith Lee onto Candice by mistake. And he helped her up. Johnny didn't. Johnny only cared about winning. Keith Lee helps up Candice LeRae. Johnny hits a what school is Johnny boy. Gargano's like new new cape gimmick? What is it? I have no idea. I don't know, but he he picks up he he goes for the schoolboy. To me, it's kind of like a, a mini fallaway slam to Candice, where she ends up getting rolled out of the ring. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I enjoyed that match, and I really hope this is like the main start of more intergender wrestling, at least for an NXT. I know we saw it here and there on the main roster, like we saw with uh, Becky and Corbin. Yeah. But yeah. After that, we had Cameron Grimes being interviewed by uh, about Finn Balor. And he spoke about Damian Priest and like kind of trash-talked him. And then slowly walked it back as Damian Priest showed up. He gets knocked down, punched in the face, and then... Grimes tried to say he couldn't compete because he had a broken jaw, which I thought was funny. And they brought on, I don't know where William Regal is that he's not there, but they brought him on again via the internet, via a tablet. And, and, uh, Regal saw Grimes all good flirting with women. And, uh, as soon as he realized William Regal was there, he immediately faked having a broken jaw, which Regal called him out for it. And, had the match later on still continue, but I'm again, it's like 110% Heath Slater vibes here. Yeah. I'm like, I like, I like that so much, but uh, I guess we should just talk about the match right now, I guess. Might as well. Finn Balor picks up the victory over Cameron Grimes in, I thought was a good match. I thought it was going to end with Finn Balor being distracted by another opponent or something. But Grimes, he puts up a good fight in this. And then afterwards, Finn Balor looks into the camera and basically calls out Keith Lee, saying he wants the North American Championship. Yeah. Because it's the only title he hasn't won. But, but like, Keith Lee's been such a dominant force. It's like, you can't have him lose it just yet. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. But again, that could just be like another obstacle that Keith Lee gets over to uh, to enhance his, his career. Or to, I don't know if enhance is the right word, but... Enhance. Moving backwards, though, Indus Sheer picks up a victory over Mikey Del Bray and Mike Reed, one of them who looked to me like Tyler Breeze. Um, obviously a quick match. Um, yeah. Not much more to say about this other than... Squash. If yeah. That's what it was. It was a straight squash match. I was going to say other than go to Disney Plus and watch the movie about uh, Rinku. Because he's in a, he's got a Disney movie made about him. Really? Yeah, Million Dollar Arm. He won a, a baseball oh, That contest. was one of the guys. Yeah. Oh, wow. I learned something today. Just uh, like how you learned that uh, you know, three and four are John Silver and Alex Reynolds. Yeah. 
after that, we saw Brizongo in a video package, which um, I-, I thought it was funny where Tyler Breeze ends up calling them Emporium instead of Imperium. Uh, but True. they, I, I don't know why, I swore we were supposed to be getting Brizongo versus Imperium at TakeOver, but I guess, and even like when I when I spoke, I think I, I, I forget who I was talking to, but they were like, oh, this was kind of a short pay-per-view or whatever. I was like, yeah, only six matches, it's normal, they've been cutting time, but like, it didn't even click. Even last week when Dave and I were doing predictions, I said this was going to be Fandango's very first uh, takeover event, completely forgetting like maybe five minutes after that when we were doing predictions, and not five minutes actually it was way after that, but uh, completely forgot that this match wasn't even listed, and I have no idea why I thought this match was supposed to take place, but it happens next week, and I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, true. Uh, and then uh, they had footage of Tommaso Ciampa after in your house where he was asked a few questions, but he just drove off without answering. So I don't know what truly is next for Tommaso Ciampa. Could, I don't know either. Like there's all that talk about him, uh, you know, main roster ish raw yeah. SmackDown. I should say not main roster. I don't know. But after that, they talk, they talk about like how Velveteen dreams going up and now he's not going up and they're talking about Donovan Dijakovic going up and yeah. I don't know if he's going up. It's... But after that, Rhea Ripley was getting interviewed and before I think she could even say something, Robert Stone or actually probably did answer stuff, but Robert Stone cut it off to pitch himself as her manager and she ends up beating him up. But the best like she goes, oh, it's a one in a million chance that I'll work with you. And then he drops the line from Dumb and Dumber. So you're saying that there's a chance. I pop future that. <laughs> Which it's also, it's like I said before with Flair and Heyman, maybe Ripley could be with Heyman. Maybe Shayna uh, Baszler could be with Heyman. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, Shayna, Shayna Baszler I'd like to see, because especially her having an MMA background. Yeah. But I, I do think the person who needs it the most is Flair. Yeah. If I mean, if you're pushing her to the top, then whatever. Uh, matchup next saw Dakota Kai defeat Casey Catanzaro. Um, I think I'm such a fan of both of them, so I enjoyed this match. Uh, and Casey's got such a unique moveset. But, it's all that Ninja Warrior stuff. Yeah, but Dakota Kai said that she's coming for the, the championship. And she continued to beat Casey down. Raquel joined in. Caden Carter makes the save. And uh, Gonzalez and Dakota Kai came out on top of that. Tag team match. Next Probably, week. Probably, yeah. Which, speaking of next week, Timothy Thatcher had a vignette teaching a class. Saying that it's going to be brutal and barbaric. So I don't know if we're going to be starting to see a stable with Thatcher as the okay. lead. But it, it says training starts next week, so I don't know what we'll see from that. Hmm. I don't know either. He called Thatch's Catch Cam instead of Catch's Catch Cam. The segment so. that uh, broke my heart almost completely shocked me. I wasn't expecting it at all. Shook as all shook can be. El Hijo del Fantasma. What was that? Or it's just you that was shook. I, I was so shook, yeah. Phantasma went out there to to speak about being champion. Maverick cuts him off to congratulate him. 
And he's like, like, if I get another shot, I know I can defeat you. And Phantasma basically said yes. And then Dark Order, Black and Yellow came out, squared up to fight. They both squared up as if they were going to fight the, the Dark Order off. Phantasma turns around and helps them beat up Drake Maverick and Dark Order unmask themselves to reveal that they're Raul Mendoza, Joaquin Wilde, and then Phantasma unmasks himself and changes his name to Santos Escobar. Sounds like some sort of drug cartel overlord dealer. I want to know who even indu- who who abducted them in the first place. It was Eric Escobar. Eric Escobar is driving the car and Santos is at the back. For real though, who abducted them if they were if they were the abductors? But man, I was not expecting that at all. I was not expecting that at all. I was literally I was like moments away from tweeting WW Shop asking, "Hey, can we get a, a an El Hijo del Fantasma mask?" And then he takes his mask off. I was like, "No." I think that was always the plan for him. I you know, he got signed to WWE unmasked. He had his first live events on NXT unmasked. His first actual matches on TV though were El Hijo del Fantasma. We got the background of him and why he's important and why we should pay attention to him. And uh, I'm looking forward to this next chapter of of Santos Escobar. It should be interesting. Um, main event. Also, by the way, I thought they, they showed off like a bumper for like Io Shirai. It seemed like they were going to do a championship celebration. I was waiting. Like the main event comes. I was like, oh, well, there's a few minutes left. Maybe we're going to see. Uh, the championship celebration after this, but I guess the up next was literally just like video package recapping her winning the title. And I was like, that's, that's how you celebrate her winning. But, But the main event though, we saw Adam Cole defeat Dexter Loomis. Fantastic mind games by Dexter Loomis. Where it's like even saying mind games has me thinking like, can we get an in your house mind games too or something? Or not, well, yeah, I guess, I mean, technically it would be two, perhaps, different though. But I like, he crawled under the ring and Undisputed Era went to look for him, but Dexter Loomis was was behind Adam Cole. It was, I just thought it was really I good. I loved Dexter Loomis's entrance. I thought it was fantastic. The music, everything like that, it was so weird. Yeah, it's uh, kind of, uh, what's it called? Stranger Things. Yes. But the big picture thing that took place after uh, the match, well, first of all, Undisputed Era got involved. Velveteen Dream ends up attacking uh, Roddy Fish. Roddy Fish. Jesus. I was going to say Bobby Fish and Roderick Strong. Uh, So they, they end up getting chased off by them. But Adam Cole left alone in the ring. Scarlet Bordeaux comes out. No theme. Scarlet, not Bordeaux. Or just Scarlet, excuse me. Comes out, no theme song. Adam Cole, like, scared looking all around. Knows, knows uh, Karrion Cross could be, could be near. And Scarlet takes out an hourglass, turns it upside down. I thought that was that great. TikTok? 
I listen. I'm all about it. You got to Adam Cole can only do so much in NXT, and there's also the rumors of him allegedly, you know, his contract being up in August. I so. can't see him go to AEW. I, it's just like that doesn't make sense to me. I know Britt Baker's there. Yeah, I don't see. I don't see it happen either. They'll sign him to something. They'll put him on the main roster. I think before Karrion Cross had this shot, though. I would have liked to have seen like a big name challenge Adam Cole to push Adam Cole as like the greatest champion. What, who, Randy Orton? No, but like on that level, but somebody who's not being used, like somebody not necessarily. Oh yeah, Randy Orton's in the greatest wrestling match (laughs) of all time. Not necessarily Big Show. Because (laughs) that would be, yeah, that just wouldn't make sense. I, I don't know. But somebody, like, not even joking here, man. Bob Backlund could fit into that category. Where it's like he underestimates Bob Backlund for being so old or whatever. And Bob puts him through, like, a hell of a match before before Adam Cole picks up the victory. Or even, like, they could have a backstage segment. Adam Cole is just walking in the hallway. Double J is walking in the hallway. They bump into each other. Cole's like, watch where you're going, old guy, or something. And Jarrett starts, like completely tearing him a new one like before i was here before you blah blah blah. i've been this that champion there that blah 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 and then they have their match adam cole comes out on top he beats somebody in the ww hall of fame and i think that elevates him to the next level beating bob Backlund takes adam cole to the next level i mean i bob Backlund could it's no, just another fight that, that elevates him, I think. Or more, more, I think Double J is there. He's in-house. No, he's not. What do you mean? He's, he was on Raw and SmackDown. Yeah, but it's still, he's there. He's in-house on, on w, in WWE. Okay. They could even have like a segment where Double J's lacing up his boots and, and, and Road Dogs talking him, hyping him up and everything. And then they start singing Alone with My Baby Tonight. No, they. this is time I'm for not. seriousness. Aw, seriousness. Double J has to teach Adam Cole, a young rookie, some some lessons. All right. I think that would be cool. But, yeah, I would. But we probably won't see anybody before Karrion Cross. And I would, like, how could he not? Like, we said this with AEW. Like, where does Karrion Cross go if he loses? It has to be the championship. He has to win it. Yeah. Perhaps we see Undisputed Era cause the victory the first time, leading to another match between them. So, Maybe, but next, next week we have Tegan Knox and Shotzi Blackheart uh, teaming up for a title match against whoever wins at Backlash. That's I think that's pretty cool. The greatest wrestling match of all time. Yeah. And it looks like they're trying to stack the deck. You know, I mean, AEW won the ratings wars, but that really by, doesn't matter. By 4,000. Oh, my God, by 4,000. You know, if uh, this person was on there, they would have won. Bah. Whatever. It is what it is. Wrestling. Enjoy wrestling, folks. Don't be so negative about it. We're getting we're getting a lot of wrestling right now. And we're getting the greatest wrestling match of all time this Sunday. Um, and to talk about Raw and SmackDown, let's kick it over to Dave and Brandon still here. So, uh, Dave, what's the haps, man? Not too much. Just a 
been sitting here the entire time. No, no, not really. <laughs> yeah, welcome to the show, though. How how was your week? My week was pretty great, you know. Uh, just keeping busy and doing my thing. How about yours? Uh, it's still the same week that I had earlier in the episode. <laughs> still good. <laughs> awesome. Well, that's great to hear. But what I do want to hear is some talk about some Monday Night Raw. Monday Night Nitro. Which opens up with Asuka being cut off by the Boston Hug connection so they could brag about being the new tag team champions. Charlotte comes out, followed by the Iconics, and it was announced that we're getting a triple threat match for the Women's Tag Team Championships at Backlash um, with them and Bliss and Cross. I I thought for sure Asuka and Flair were getting added into this, but... Um, yeah, I mean, where, I mean, EO, I know she has the stitches though, right? Kyrie? I guess that's probably why she was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I guess that's why she was out for this week. Yeah. But, yeah. uh, Flair, uh, basically says that she doesn't need a title to be relevant, which I kind of don't believe. Like at one point I would have believed it, but now I just like, I don't know, not so much. Mm-hmm. I said earlier in the show that now that Paul Heyman is no longer head of creative, um, maybe he should be her mouthpiece. Huh. That's a very interesting thought process. Yeah, I, would, I, I would be okay with that. Yeah, but uh, the six of them end up brawling, uh, leaving only Asuka and Charlotte. And they were supposed to have a match like by themselves. I don't know if it was supposed mm-hmm. to open the show necessarily. Mm-hmm. But it gets ta- turned into a tag team match where Asuka and Flair teamed up to defeat the Iconics as well as Boston Hug Connection. Um, and I spoke about it last week. About brawls leading into a match. Yeah. Every week. I'm a I'm a fan of them, but, but every like single you, week. Yes, that's true. Like you mentioned, it is happening more and more and more. Um, I mean, it happened on more than one occasion between Smack, uh, SmackDown and Raw and NXT. Yeah, and NXT. Uh, I don't know why. I'm not too sure why they're doing it so often now. Yeah, I don't know, but I, I liked Flair and Oscar at least bickering because they were still going to have a match later on for some reason. I have no idea where Boston Hug went during this match. They just, like, dipped out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Charlotte went for her moonsault, and Asuka tags herself in uh, to put Billy Kay in the Asuka lock to win. Yeah. And it's then, one of those, yeah. I was going to say, afterwards, Flair hit. I don't know what it was, if it was, like, a diving elbow or a fist to mm-hmm. Asuka afterwards. I guess to just push the, the main event. Yeah, just to set up the main event later on. But even had to, had either, to even further, but I was just like a weird move though. But furthermore, uh, I guess to get payback for for the for the fist or the elbow, Oscar uh, mm. interrupted Charlotte being interviewed and basically slapped her. Well, she walked off. Basically, slapped her. She did. Well, yeah, no, she's yeah, she did slap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she slapped Charlotte. I actually like that part because it's pretty cool how Charlotte was just like. Uh, you're joking around and stuff like that. And out of nowhere, Asuka is just 
really doing her gimmick, doing her little spiel, and then just wallops her right across the face and then walks away. Yeah, seg- awesome segment that followed that match. You saw Seth Rollins come out, and uh, he made Byron Saxton leave so he could be there for the interview with Rey Mysterio. Um, and they made sure to say that it was via satellite, mm-hmm. which I thought was weird. And because at some points it was like glitched out and I don't know why. And I, mm-hmm. I don't know if that's why they were pushing it's via satellite or not. Um, mm-hmm. but, but Ray Mysterio ends up warning Seth Rollins about what's going to be happening when he can wrestle again and said, he's going to pay. And then Seth, Gave him, says he gave him the opportunity to walk away as a legend. And then he invites Rey Mysterio and Dominic to Raw next week. And out of nowhere, Aleister Black jumps Seth Rollins. I thought that was beautiful. How awesome was that? Yeah, I thought that was really well done. But next week, uh, Dominic and Rey Mysterio are probably going to be on Monday Night Raw. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the things that we can say has been good with uh, without the crowd or anything like that is that they've really been taking advantage of the, uh, I don't know, sneak attacks. Yeah. Because we're not able to see it fully on camera, and also we're not getting spoiled by any uh, uh, live audience. So, very cool. But that jump led right into a match. Umberto Carrillo and Aleister Black picked up a victory over Buddy Maffey and Austin Theory. I almost said Tyler Black. <laughs> but uh, I feel Why? like nothing... I have no idea. Okay. <laughs> but I feel like nothing happened in this. Um, it was. A, I did like the interactions. I did enjoy it. But I don't know. It was, it was good in my eyes. Um, but Seth Rollins, he came out afterwards with uh, Rey Mysterio's mask from WWE Shop, which they're still pretending it's like his actual mask. Like, come on. Mm-hmm. And Austin Theory, Buddy Murphy attack Umberto and Aleister Black. Seth Rollins hits the curb stomp on Aleister Black. So I maybe we'll see... Next week, Seth Rollins, Austin Theory, Buddy Murphy versus Aleister Black, Umberto Carrillo, and Dominic? Yeah. I don't know. Dominic is like the wild card. You don't know what his He could end up joining Seth Rollins? How interesting would that be? I feel like it would be weird because you don't have the live crowd audience for that kind of a turn. Right. But on the other hand, it would be very entertaining. You're not my real father. Seth Rollins is. <laughs> and then that leads SummerSlam, Seth Rollins versus Rey Mysterio in a ladder match for the rights to Dominic. And, um, hey, and you keep on writing this stuff and they'll keep on booking it. And that was a uh, very clear joke based off Eddie versus Rey at SummerSlam. Of course. Uh, <laughs> next up, you had uh, backstage, you had Charlie with Randy Orton, um, him being interviewed about everything. And Randy, the next up is the Peep Show. I said him Randy, being interviewed for everything. Yeah, Randy Orton says that he may have to make an appearance. But on to the Peep Show, Christian making his return with uh, having his guest as Edge. Very, I thought it was a nice segment. Here's the thing, though. It was Christian telling Edge that he's running on fumes. 
saying that he he doesn't think Edge can pull off the greatest wrestling match in his prime even. And to me, this, I feel like I say this often, but probably not as often as you might think. Mm-hmm. It seemed like Eddie and Benoit at WrestleMania 20 with a lot less steam to it. Hmm. Where Eddie was trying to hype Chris Benoit up to be like, oh, I I don't think you can do it. I believe in me. I believe in me. <laughs> and here it's kind of like, yeah, I don't, I don't think you can do it. Yeah. I really don't think you can do it. And mm-hmm. it's it just like, I don't know, it didn't hit with me. But Randy Orton ends up cutting it off from backstage and said that the redemption of Edge is over at Backlash. And Edge strongly ends it, ends it strongly by saying it's not. So it should be interesting to see where they go from here. Chris was saying that this match will probably be a cinematic wrestling match. At least I believe Chris was saying that. Uh-huh. I don't know how I would feel about that. I do feel like they're doing it a lot. And I'm still on the fence with how I feel about the most recent one that they did. Oh, um, well, yeah. But, we, I thought it needed to be a lot better than it was. but Yeah, so I, I'm open to it. But I'm also a little bit hesitant with it. Uh, MVP was being interviewed backstage about Bobby Lashley. And R-Truth kind of interrupted it because he was trying to hide. And Lashley ends up coming from behind, locking the master lock in on R-Truth. And I thought for sure we were about to see Bobby Lashley become the 24-7 champion. And it was going to ruin my night. (laughs) I didn't even think about that. Like, how do you not bring a referee when you're about to attack R-Truth? I did not even think about that. That's, I really thought that was going to happen. That would be awful. Segment up next was a decathlon. It wasn't an academic decathlon, though. Yeah, I thought about that right away. I was like, <laughs> all right, we have to start thinking about some uh, Billy Madison tweets. Uh, but the Viking Raiders and the Street Profits end up competing. You had running, archery, flip cup, sword fighting, hurdles, stick fighting. Dance off, which I liked uh, Montez dancing to HBK's theme and then Ivar dancing to Fandango's theme song. Yeah. They had shot put. They had turkey leg eating contests. Uh, they had a pole vault uh, extravaganza and then they end up tying. Hmm. Yeah. So what is next? Um, I'm not too sure, but how do you feel about all of it? Are you entertained? I'll let you know I am entertained. It, it's I just, some, yeah, it's, some of it. It's, it's corny. It's gimmicky. It's it's dumb. But I'm a fan of it because it's entertaining. My only hang up on it is that this is far from the serious uh, Street Profits that Bianca Belair was trying to get to. Who's been non-existent. Yeah. So it, it's a whole... It's back to the comedy gimmick, which they were trying to get away from. So that was my only hang-up. Apollo Crews out next uh, to speak about defending the United States Championship at Backlash. Almas and Angel Garza came out 
Kevin Owens came out, attacked them from behind, just like uh, just like earlier. You get attacked, and then you go right into the match. Yeah. Almas ends up defeating Angel Garza and Kevin Owens in a triple threat match to become number one contender for the United States Championship. I thought, I thought it was dumb to have both of them in the match. Mm-hmm. Like, why even have Almas and Garza fight each other during this? Like, to even, to even put them in a position to fight each other. I just don't like that they're teasing a further breakup of them. I don't really understand it. I think that they were good, a good solid unit. But, you know, hopefully, not to get ahead, but hopefully Vega has control of the situation. Yeah, I liked what, I mean, they were arguing outside the ring and she tried to stop it, got pushed down. Yeah. So, um, And then backstage, you had her give them that look where she was PO'd, and hopefully she's able to get them back on track. But, yeah. But the actual match I liked. I liked uh, Kevin Owens at one point hit like a, I don't know, I really don't know what to call it. I'm going to say it was a piggyback senton because he had Amos on his back, yeah. and, and he mm-hmm. did a senton to, to yeah. uh, Garza. So I thought that was cool. And I obviously, I mean, I don't think Kevin Owens... I feel like maybe going into this match, I thought Kevin Owens would win this just because Almas and Garza are a team. But when you think about it, who would make the most sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Next up, you had Viking Raiders backstage with McIntyre. Um, just really McIntyre preparing them for what's going on later on tonight. And... It seemed like he was just getting support. Yeah, and then we had a VIP lounge with uh, what was supposed to be Bobby Lashley, but Drew McIntyre came out. Um, Basically, the gist was him threatening MVP with the Claymore. Lashley shows up from behind. MVP gets hit with the Glasgow kiss. And then the Raiders and Profits run out. Street Profits, do they do commentary? Or were they just hyping? So I I think think they they were just hyping. Yeah, I think they were just hyping up from ringside, which is so weird because it's like now they've like they were enemies and now they're friends with the the Viking Raiders. Yeah, that's that's what I don't get either. That's the thing too. They were just enemies uh, going for the titles, and now they're friends, but they're still the title that's uh, in the scene. So, but very kind of weird. MVP and Bobby Lashley defeated the Viking Raiders. Uh, for As some expected. reason, nah, well, I guess because Lashley, this exactly. I thought this was a terrible go home show. I agree with you. I like don't how understand. does this? Yeah, how does Bobby Lashley teaming with MVP equate to him almost winning the WWE Championship or having a WWE Championship match? Mm-hmm. To me, that doesn't sell that at all. It just and it, to me, this whole thing just made the Viking Raiders look weak. I think that, yeah, I don't know. I don't see the Viking Raiders looking weak, but I just don't understand the placement right now. I I hated Lana being interviewed during this. Yeah, that was weird because they, at first, they showed her on the screen. Well, they showed the match on the screen, then they cut directly to her without showing the match. And then they did the picture in the picture. 
But the the reason why I thought it made the Viking Raiders look weak is because like the finish, Ivar is like a huge guy, and the Viking Raiders are supposed to be like this dominant force, this dominant tag team, and here he is losing with a master lock. Yeah, I know. Street Profits tried to rip Lashley off of uh, off of uh, um, Ivar. Jeez. <laughs> But uh, Bobby Lashley, I believe, gets hit with a Claymore. Yeah. I don't know. Not not a strong finish. But next up, you had Charlotte Flair pick up the victory over Asuka. Uh, Nia Jax with the distraction at the end. Yeah. I'm not a fan of this. I mean, the entire time they're hyping Asuka that she hasn't beaten Flair uh, or gotten a pinfall victory over her and this and that. And you start to think, okay, well, Asuka just won the championship. Uh, obviously, she's going to win. But no, she okay. doesn't pick up the victory over Flair. It was a decent match, though. It was like, also, right off the bat, Boston Hug on commentary was fantastic. And I thought it was funny because I, I'm assuming it was Michael Cole or maybe Tom Phillips was completely shocked that the Boston Hug connection were about to be on commentary. Yeah, but it's like there's two headsets and two chairs next to them. Um, but the iconic showed up in the crowd, and uh, they got they ended up jumping Boston Hug Connection, doing the Magic Killer to Bailey on the the commentary table. Nah, um, that was a cool spot. And I thought another cool spot when Oscar went for that running hip attack. Flair oh, was caught, caught her? Yeah, with the delayed belly to back suplex. I thought that was yeah. Good. I feel like we've seen that spot before. It's Actually, very impossible. I'm almost positive we've seen that spot before, but it doesn't take away from how cool it does look, though. Uh, something I really hated, again, I'll call out bad officiating, in my opinion. Flair and Asuka fighting outside get to an eight count. Cone mm-hmm. stops counting, they drop off the apron, and they keep fighting outside, and he starts over again and gets to a five. They didn't go back into the ring. They literally, they were just on the apron that's still outside the ring. That's true. That That is a weird spot. It didn't, it, that did not stick out in my mind. Yeah, but Nia Jax uh, afterwards got in the ring and attacked Asuka. Yeah. And that was and, raw. I don't know how any of that sells anything. Well, I mean, I understand how Nia Jax doing that, but. But I, I just everything else, why, no. I don't understand the, why the buildup of Oscar Flair with Oscar never beating Flair, and then Oscar still not defeating Flair. Are they waiting for like a WrestleMania for her to defeat Flair finally? Yeah, I don't know. There shouldn't be this uphill battle for Oscar to get a victory over Flair. This is Oscar who was undefeated for um, what was it like over 150? What was the? She had a crazy win streak in NXT. And then she came onto the scene hot. There's no reason why Flair is her kryptonite. It makes no sense to me. Other than her name. Even though, I mean, they say no, but come on. What? They say no, it's not. Like, she's there on her own accord. But if you go back to before she was using her name as, like, Charlotte Flair, she was in a way different position. Yeah. As soon as she started using Charlotte Flair, stuff started happening. 
And it's very funny because this is someone who's always said that she doesn't want to get anywhere because of a name. Yet, look at her entire gimmick. Look at her attire coming out in the robe, the woo, everything. It's Ric Flair. The finisher. You know, she's not she's in the shadow. Although I appreciate her finisher more than I do <laughs> Ric Flair. I don't appreciate either. I'm not a fan of the figure four leg lock. I think it's what? stupid. Why? I don't know. I, I just, I don't know. But why do you like hers? Over... I, I think, well, I just, it's more athletic, I guess. I don't know. Uh, so like my, when my Flair, whole, when I, Flair, Ric Flair also used to do like, he would like, like, I guess crank it or whatever. Yeah, yeah he would crank it. I mean, but like he would do that while like putting his hands on the mat and like lifting up. So that was also. I don't know. My whole, I, I like, I do like the figure four. I just don't like the reversal of the figure four. I should specify. Oh, gosh. Yeah. But that's a horse of a different color. Moving on to SmackDown. Uh, This segment, no pun intended, was apparently leaked online. I avoided it at all costs because I didn't want to be spoiled. I like watching live and seeing. What was leaked online? The full segment. What do you mean? Like the video of it? No, not the video, but what exactly will be happening on this segment how i have no idea but my only thought could be a source was like hey this is gonna happen the person puts it out online to maybe get viewers in i don't know why this cause would cause a spike in viewers but it was supposed to be a contract signing for backlash between jeff hardy and sheamus sheamus came out with a doctor and security as well as a screening area which to me, clearly was leading to a pee test, a piss test, a drug test. Mm-hmm. Urine Jeff, test. Yeah, a urine test or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff Hardy does the test uh, while Seamus is speaking directly into the, the camera, saying exactly what Jeff Hardy could be saying. Uh, and then Jeff Hardy does the, it's better to be pissed off than pissed on, and soaks Seamus, throws it in his face. First of all, that was a lot of urine. Yeah, second that was all, a lot. Second of all, Jeff Hardy needs to be drinking water. <laughs> <laughs> um, but to me, I guess I saw it like a mile away that that was about to happen. But it was yeah. very quickly pointed out online that this was a copy and paste segment with almost word for word. I don't know the year, but it's Vince McMahon, Shane McMahon, a doctor, security guards, and Shawn Michaels. Vince McMahon and Shane playing the part of Sheamus. HBK playing the spot of Jeff Hart- Hardy. Almost said Jeff Harvey. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> Mike Adam. Like, have I said Jeff Harvey recently? You haven't, but you've almost you've come close to it. I think like three weeks ago, maybe. Jeff Harvey. <laughs> but but skipping the PDA into the. Uh, looking directly into the camera while, while the urine test is taking place. Do you mean PSA? Oh, PSA. Public service announcement. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sheamus had a public display of affection in the camera. <laughs> yes. A PSA. Yeah, where it, wherever, whatever timeline that was, Shane delivers like a famous line and Shawn, Shawn Michaels goes, well, there's another famous line. And then does that and throws it into Vince and Shane's face. Uh, 
It looks like it was probably like uh, Attitude. I mean, obviously Attitude Era. It's 110% not the Attitude Era. That's like probably 2007, really? 2008. Actually, yeah, no, I agree. I agree. It's like no way is it anywhere close to that. For some reason, I thought maybe a DX timeline, but now no. I'm thinking back to the haircut and stuff like that, and yeah. But overall, it, it's... I don't understand this segment. Afterwards, Seamus was shown washing up and uh, doing mouthwash and everything, and the doctor came in to say that the test results came back negative. <laughs> What's interesting... Which is, weird, I, I, which is weird, because I could have sworn that uh, doctor was on Seamus' side. Yeah, I like that, that you texted me that. I thought the same exact thing when the doctor... Seamus was to call him a junkie, and the doctor is sitting there, like, smiling and shaking his head, yes. Yeah, he's like, yeah, he is a junkie. It's like, uh, okay, cool. But, but what's interesting here, uh, I have to assume Bruce Pritchard booked himself into that Money in the Bank spot of mm-hmm. him being in the bathroom. Uh, and uh. here he is, head of creative of SmackDown, now Raw, as well. But here he is, head of creative, doing more bathroom stuff. Is this just a like? Oh my God! I know Vince McMahon will love this. It, isn't there something that Vince loves pee stuff? I think just like toilet humor like, in general. Yeah, toilet toilet humor, piss jokes. I mean, you see how much he gets off to the to draws in. Yeah, in beyond the mat. So it's very possible that it was all just to get he, a rise out of. But uh, he hates sneezing. Huh. I said, but he hates sneezing? <laughs> Go figure. Weird dude. I mean, SmackDown, you spent half of last year with the dog food gimmick. All right. Well, next up, you had Nakamura and Cesaro pick up the victory over the champions of the New Day. A non-title matchup. This, to me, was a lot like Umberto, Alistair Black, Austin Theory, Buddy Murphy. Yeah, I was surprised with how it how it went on. It was a rather quick match and not much happened. I still got to say, this was the first time that I've no, uh, noticed or seen Cesaro's entrance with the Matrix. And I thought that looked sick. I have um, to say, though, I think uh, Nakamura's is better. Just because it changes the roof of wherever they are. The ceiling, I should say, not the roof. I have to look at it. Uh, I think I I have to go I have to see it again. But after this backstage I legitimately laughed uh, at this segment with heavy machinery because Tucker was telling Otis that he now has to use his other senses and blindfolds him and he's like waving hamburgers under under uh, Otis's nose and Mandy came over and kissed him and Otis goes, "You know, Tucky, I appreciate that." <laughs> <laughs> So I thought that was really funny, but it also led into Sheamus and Jeff Hardy brawling backstage in a pull apart gimmick. Yeah, which they never even signed the contract. That's true. Is it not taking place? I don't know. But uh, the match up next, which I'm surprised was not the main event. I'm not sure why it wasn't. Uh. Mm. For the vacant yeah. Intercontinental Championship, the finals to the tournament saw AJ Styles become the 
new Intercontinental Champion defeating Daniel Bryan to uh, pick up his very first Intercontinental Championship win. That's crazy. That is his first IC win. How's it crazy? He's not been uh, in WWE for that long. I for some reason it feels like he's been in there for a long time already. He just needs the uh, tag team championship to become Grand Slam. Wow! No, that's, yeah, Grand that's, Slam. I think is he the quickest person to a Grand Slam? I don't know. Potentially quickest to a Grand Slam. But I I like this match. This was a technical was, match. This was back and forth. Yeah, it was fantastic. Everything done in this match was good, and I don't think you're going to find a better match this month. Yeah, maybe yeah. even like this quarter. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I mean, I love the end where you had Daniel Bryan going for the, um, the running knee, and then he gets caught and put into the uh, Styles Clash. Yeah, I feel like we have seen that before. I don't know. But this match, yeah, it was really good. Afterwards, when uh, Renee Young was interviewing AJ Styles, and he's like, I'm the best champion ever. I thought yeah. for sure we were going to hear, like, gong. <laughs> I thought for sure Undertaker might come out then, but that didn't happen. <laughs> After that, though, we had a championship celebration for the new women's tag team champions, Boston Hug Connection. Uh, Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross end up cutting it off, followed by a video live via satellite, via Raw satellite, the Iconics. Uh, and then they basically set up Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross fighting with Boston Hug. And Bliss and Cross came out on top. I kind of wish um, more happened here, but I'm fine with the segment as is. Yeah, I'm totally good with this segment. I, and I, I'm so sold on Bailey. This is the Bailey that I guess I've been wanting to see ever since she came. Maybe I guess not ever since she came onto it, but I guess a little bit after the bubbly hugger gimmick started to get stale on me. Cause you know, for a long time, I was not a fan of it. So this is the side because I thought it was very bland and um, generic, but this gimmick that she has now with how she's getting to utilize the mic now she like who knew that she was able to do such good promos and be have so much charisma um she's doing a great job yeah and speaking of charisma and a great job up next Miz and Morrison went to debut a new music video Gets cut off by a new entrance for Braun Strowman with a train and and steam. It's very cool. I kind of wish there was pyro for that, like uh, actual fire, but for obvious reasons, that's not going to happen anytime soon. <laughs> yeah, that's not going to happen, but I'll take it. Yeah, but it, Braun it, Strowman and Heavy Machinery pick up the victory, defeating Dolph Ziggler, John Morrison, and The Miz. I have to they, assume it's probably pretty cool that they were, uh, for them at least, for for that they were tagging with each other. Why? Why? Because they're like really best good friends. Oh, Ziggler, Morrison, and Miz. Yeah, somebody, Ziggler posted a picture. Of the three of them saying, like, watch SmackDown tonight. And somebody responded, why did you cut Matt out? (laughs) (laughs) And he goes, because he's not on SmackDown tonight. (laughs) That's funny. Yeah. Uh, 
uh, yeah, and this match, it, we almost had a uh, Ms. Morrison and Ziggler pick up the victory because... I thought we this. would have. I thought we I, would have seen that for sure. I know. I thought the same thing. During the match, you had King Corbin appear on the screen uh, confronting Mandy backstage about um, Otis wearing his crown uh, last week, I believe. Yeah. And Otis just takes off, heads right to the backstage area. Most importantly, where the hell did Mandy go? There had so there was like camera issues, uh huh, and she literally went from one frame to the next frame, not there. <laughs> I didn't notice. Yeah, but uh, I, I like. Does it, it? Otis made his way back to the ring, hits his finish, but because like it's a pay per view, we normally see the person who's going to be losing. Winning. Mm -hmm. Are we about to see John Morrison and The Miz as co-WWE Universal Champions? So, the reason I don't like this idea is because what happened to Braun's last title reign? Forget about his last title reign. This is his first Universal Championship reign. Yeah, but how did it lose? How did he lose? In a handicap match, but maybe that'll be his crutch. Exactly. Exactly. Maybe that'll be his crutch, though. Handicap matches? Yeah, he can't do them. So, Miz and Morrison, who would you rather have as a champion? Miz and Morrison. 110% I want a co-champion. 1,000%. So, so not like the Sami Zayn deal? Meaning what? No, like I want to see them. No, no, no. I want to see them both be champion at the same time. We've said this for, for years now, I feel like. We want a co-champion. I mean, co-champion, yeah. But we we, we wanted, first for the long of time, <laughs> uh, for the longest man. of time, I wanted, <laughs> you wanted to see the Iconics be the first uh, women's champion, like the actual first women's champion, co-champion. I know we saw with Lay Cool where they split the championship, but I think in the history books, it's not both of them. I think it's just Michelle. Know. I, I'm not going to – I don't want to settle on Miz and Morrison. I still want it to be the Iconics. So, yeah. I, I don't necessarily see that ever happening, but uh, – I know. Next but, week we have Matt Riddle making his debut. Perhaps he'll be his the first opponent for AJ Styles, although I think that would be stupid unless he wins the actual championship. Uh-huh. Because how do you debut a guy and have him lose? You can't. Uh, don't, I don't know. The only thing I can see is maybe he goes up against somebody like, uh, Cesaro Nakamura. That's exactly whose names I was just actually looking at. Hopefully um, Shorty G makes an appearance next week. I quite enjoyed him last week. Mm -hmm. Uh, but yeah. we have backlash this Sunday. We're going to do some predictions, run up the card. Uh, it's fresh on everybody's mind a normal match Jeff Hardy versus Sheamus I'm going to say Jeff Hardy I'm going to say Jeff Hardy as well I find it very difficult to see Sheamus winning after this um if and plus this would be able to set off uh Sheamus even more uh next up let's talk about the I don't know. United States go? Championship will be on the line. Apollo Cruz, the champion, defending it against Andrade. I'm going to say Apollo Cruz. 
I'm following suit with Apollo Cruz. I think Cruz is going to pick up the victory. Uh, next up, you have the Raw Women's Championship on the line. Asuka defending against Nia Jax. I'm going Asuka. I will say Asuka as well. Okay. Triple threat tag team match for the WWE Women's Tag Team Championships. Bailey and Sasha Banks defending the titles against Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross. And the Iconics. Iconics. I, as much as I want to see Bailey and Sasha retain, I really want to see the Iconics win the titles. I'm going to pick the Iconics. Wow. It will suck. Because they've only been champions for 18 days right now. Yeah. So... On the other hand, it can further the development of Banks and Bailey. That's true. They're like their own feud, but I see it being a little bit too soon. I think Bailey and Banks have a lot under their feet right now. I think they're doing a great job. Yeah, actually, I'm switching. <laughs> no, no, I'm going. I'm no, no. I'm going to Bailey and Sasha Banks. I forgot they have a match. Uh, the the winner of this tag team match will be facing Tegan Knox and uh, Shotzi Blackheart for the titles on NXT this week. Wait, what? Or next week? Yeah. Wait, what's the stipulation? Whoever wins this match, the the new champions. Uh huh. Are going to be defending the titles on NXT next week. Oh, that's pretty cool. So why do you think Bailey and ba- uh, Banks based off of that? I don't know. That I just feel like that's the more likely team to go face them. Okay. Uh, next up, you have... Let's go with Braun Strowman. Really? Uh, the Universal Champion defending against Miz and Morrison in a two-on-one handicap match. I'm going to go with Braun. I think Braun's going to win, but I'm just going to differentiate and say the Miz and John Morrison. Oh, wow. All right. <laughs> Sounds good to me. For the WWE Championship, you have Drew McIntyre defending the title against Bobby Lashley. <laughs> I'll Terrible go with McIntyre. Accent. I'm going McIntyre as well. And then in the greatest wrestling match ever, oh. Edge will be facing off against Randall Orton. I am going to pick Edge. Is a stupid pick. I don't know. He won at WrestleMania. I am going to go with Randall. I am going. But then with it's Randy. like what? But what is actually next for Edge? What's next for Randy? I don't know. I, but Edge, like, is Edge signed on? I don't like. Does I he have a new he contract? Has a parent. I don't know. I have no idea. Is Edge only signed? Just, under contract just to face Randy Orton? Is he just on for, for four appearances? I don't know. Exactly. Who knows? But, yeah, I'm sticking with Randy. Yeah, so that's our predictions for Backlash. Now it's time for shout me out. to ask you. Hey, Brandon, you got any shout-outs? Hi, Billy Mays here with a brand new product for you. If you need to remove a stain, then listen to Brandon's shoutouts. Sting, the lost tape is getting the first shout-out. I don't know if you watched it or not. Sting. <laughs> Did you watch it or no? 
No. It's uh, footage from WCW that hasn't been seen in 25 years. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really cool because it's like as clear as it can be for mm-hmm. that time period. Like it's not HD, obviously, but it's like literally perfect, perfect quality. It's not like grainy or anything. It's not like a hard camera. I mean, it's not like a shaky camera or anything. It was mm-hmm. as if like I, it's weird. Like we don't really see backstage footage from WCW. Right. Yeah. I don't remember ever seeing stuff like that. That's very true. So it was cool to see, like, behind the scenes, like, Macho Man's in it, Buff Bagwell, uh, a few other people. But it's, like, 15 minutes behind the scenes, and then it it airs the full match with Big Bubba Rogers. Uh Uh-huh. But the the behind-the-scenes footage, I think, is really cool. Have to check it out. Yeah. Uh, Next shout-out is going to Marvel's Runaways. I'm super late to the game, but I didn't have Hulu. Uh, I finished Agent Carter. Which I think is really good, and I wish that had more seasons. Uh, and I decided to watch this because it's on Disney Plus, and mm-hmm. I really liked this show. And I wish this also had more seasons. I like how what they is... they like kind of tie into each other here and there. And I wish like Agents of Shield would have another season. I know they're on their last season. I wish they had one more, so like Runaways and Cloak and Dagger could appear. So what's Runaways about? Runaways are a group of teenagers uh, trying to stop their parents and aliens and other people. Mm -hmm. Some have powers, some don't, some are smart. There's a dinosaur. So now is this X-Men? Like related or Uh, where does this tie? No, I don't. I, I think one of them. One of them is uh, a mutant, but they obviously can't say that. So okay. she didn't get her, like, she didn't develop mutant power. She got it from a, a rock. Okay. Instead, yeah, so... But yeah, and then, like, one of them is, uh... One of them, like, she glows and has, like, the power of light, but, like, has, like, a church behind her that her family, like, set up, but it turns out that they're, like, because of the aliens mm-hmm. or whatever they are. Uh, and then another one is a witch. Huh. Yeah, and discovers the witch, like her parents, her mom at least, was a witch as well, but not to spoil anything, but... I'll I'll have to try to check it out. And then Cloak and Dagger showed up, and I marked the hell out. I had no idea they were about to make a cameo on that show. (laughs) I thought that was dope. (laughs) But, yeah, so if you have Disney+, Plus, I guess check that out. Unfortunately, you can't watch, uh cloak and dagger but that should probably maybe maybe not be on freeform's website i think it is on demand it i don't know because i think there were I, there might have been three seasons of or no two seasons of cloak and dagger mm-hmm. so i would say if you're watching any of those shows it would be agents of shield first followed by agent carter followed by cloak and dagger followed by runaways So, Duly noted. Yeah. Uh, but the last shout out going to the Asian nachos from Grand Lux Cafe. It's been so long since I've had them, since I've even been able to have them. Uh, I miss eating them and I wish everything was normal again so I could get some. 
I know uh, New York State, they're they're going into phase two or whatever, or like the, the New York City area, people are eating outside at restaurants. I'm good on that. <laughs> yeah. Uh... <laughs> it's like my, even without COVID, my like number one thing, like I hate eating outside. I don't, don't you dare ask me to go eat on a beach. Don't invite me to your luau. <laughs> <laughs> Don't invite me to eat outside. I hate that. I know it's like with with some exceptions. Obviously, if I'm like grilling, yeah, barbecue, you will. Yeah, but uh, no, not if I'm eating like a, a normal meal at a restaurant. I am not wanting to sit outside. Mm-hmm. But those are my shout outs. Now it's time for our. Ow. moment of the week um i have to say i'll say non-wrestling first i because i just mentioned marvel's runaways uh and i guess beside the fact that cloak and dagger showed up i was gonna say it sounds like cloak and dagger no they uh, it did but uh, at one point also they mentioned the star wars hotel in florida and i popped for that i don't like star wars or anything but i'm like a disney world mark uh-huh. So I popped at the fact that they mentioned the hotel. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wrestling-wise, though, the In Your House set. Oh, then, man, that Eo was Shirai sick. jumping off of it. Yeah. You have any mark sure. outs? Oh, uh, yeah, the entire NXT set. The NXT set, Todd Pettingill. Um, that entire, the one nine hundred segment yeah uh i i marked for that um i marked for eo getting her victory um i i feel like there was a lot of moments on nxt that i just marked for um i also non-wrestling i marked out for the new lady gaga song with ariana grande that song is garbage rain on me that song is absolute garbage dude i am hooked on it no, that's totally hooked garbage. On. If you want a good album, listen to Chloe and Hallie's new album. Check it out. Ariana Grande or Gr- Grand? Grande. Because she says Grand. No, I she believe. does not. Yeah. No, she does not. I've heard There's her, no it, way she say says, hi, not, I'm Ariana Grande. It's, well, it's not Grande. It's 100% Grande. I'm I don't Ariana think it's Grande. There's no way she says Grand. I'm going to have to find the clip. I don't think it's Grande. I don't think you're right. <laughs> I, maybe but, I'm making stuff up. Maybe this is part of that. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's our mark out moment of the week. That was episode 488. Check us out. iTunes, Google Play, Stitch Radio. Marking out on Twitter. At BTTG161 on Twitter. Chris Sweendog, Dave the Rave underscore M-O. BTTG161 also on uh, Instagram. Marking out 11 on YouTube and Instagram. Marketout.com. Pro wrestlingtees.com slash marketout. And we wish you the, the best, best of luck in your future, future endeavors. endeavors. Have a fantastic week.